Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 49. I'm going to be sitting down with Brewer uh, this evening. It's going to get a little deep. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, passing of two officers here um, in South Carolina. Some of the details, uh, you know, this isn't like a full AAR after action review. These were people we knew, that we taught. Um, and one of them, Brewer, was actually on the scene. Um, we'll hit on both of those fine gentlemen first. Talk about uh, those scenes and situations for a little bit in the capacity that we can. Um, and then get into a possible course that uh, really tie into what happened um, to those two awesome guys. Think about putting a class together uh, or, I'll, or I'll be helping well, everybody. Everybody in our circle is going to help um, put together a kind of a basic patrol officer course or a kind of a officer survival course um, that some, some learning points from both of these incidents uh, with Bohr in Aldridge, um, that'll make us better and we're going to learn from it and, uh, honor them. But first, you know, we got a sponsorship read. Rory, you hear me, buddy? Earth to Brewer. What's up, buddy? Hey guy. Long time. No talk. Yeah, dude. It's been too long. I already uh, already hit on that. On I like pre-recorded another episode and I did an intro for this one, so I kind of <laughs> addressed our laziness, <laughs> yeah, or inconsistencies. That's kind of what say, I. It's inconsistent. I don't know if yeah. it's been lazy. We've been wide open. Yeah, it's been a busy summer. Good and good and bad. Um, so, but I'm glad you were down to kind of do a serious one with me. Um, because in a way, after a break, I think it's kind of deserving and to even talk about both of these guys like I talked about in the intro. So um, let's get straight into it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just uh, read a local article of uh, the incident with Andrew Barr, um, who we knew at the Casey Police Department um, here in Lexington County in the Midlands. And then we'll talk about Austin after that. And, um, and then talk about a possible, uh, those two incidences are definitely going to impact, you know, some ideas that we've tossed around about doing a basic patrol officer or officer survival type course. Uh, so us road dogs are a little savvier when it comes to, um, well, they're just the shitty world we live in right now. Um, so I'm going to start with an article from the low country talking about, uh, about Andrew. I'm just going to read this and then we'll get into it. And then we can talk about, uh, I wasn't able to be involved because I was working, but just the, uh, the, the fundraising and stuff y'all did for bar, um, locally. Okay. If that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I'll leave the second one up to you. How much, uh, how much detail we'll get into or not get into. Okay. All right. 
So Casey police officer killed in shooting suspect takes own life. Police chief says, so these are like from the day of, you know, so there's not um, too much of like an after action uh, compared to some other, some other details. Like a lot of us got like a, a huge AAR after Yavalde. Um, neither one of us have an AAR in that depth of either one of these right now. No. All right. So the suspect in an early morning incident that killed a Casey police officer died after taking his own life. The city's chief said at a Saturday morning news conference, Casey police officer, Roy Andrew Barr, 28 died after being shot early Sunday morning while responding to a domestic disturbance, which is what most of our officer involved shootings, um, involve recently anyway at least that's the way it feels um so yeah reported to a domestic disturbance in the 100 block of rosemore road at approximately 2 48 a.m the police chief chris cowan said cowan said officers arise, arrived on scene and saw a man in the front yard of a home as they were making contact shots were fired from inside the home I believe it came out that was from a second story. This is me kind of adding to the report. I think that was from an upstairs room. Um, and one of the shots struck and killed Barr. And here's kind of a big quote that came from Chief um, from this incident. Uh, he was dedicated. He was married to the profession. He didn't have any children. He didn't have a wife. Uh, he was married to the profession. He cared about nothing else than serving his community. He was shot and killed this morning for no reason. There's no call for it. There's no reason for it. It's inexcusable. Columbia Police Department negotiators attempted for seven hours to negotiate a peaceful resolution to the suspect, ultimately took his own life. Uh, that's kind of the desired outcome, in my opinion. Um, our hearts are breaking for Casey. That came from their mayor. Officer Drew Barr has been an important part of the Casey family since 2016. All of our Casey officers, our Casey team, and our Casey citizens mourn for Officer Barr's family. And then it just goes on about the investigation and the following funeral. So I know we don't like to talk about, uh, or we don't like to, to use the phrase, you know, routine traffic stop, routine call for service, uh, routine domestic. Um, because the one time you get complacent in that type of mindset, that's when something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, you know, we always get caught even in the classes we teach and after the conversations that we've had and, you know, years in public service, like we still trip up and we're like, oh, well, it was just a normal traffic stop or it was a normal call or whatever. Because 99% of the time it is. Uh, most of the domestics are very predictable, especially if you already know them. Traffic stops, like I said, 99% of the time, like if it's the reason you pulled them over, that's really all it's going to be. Um, unless you're like really in like interdiction mode or something. Those percentages are going down. 
<clears throat> yeah, they're becoming more violent. Because yeah. um, people just see, I don't know, an opportunity to do whatever. Or if there's some type of mental health issue or if there's just a general fuck it attitude. Um, you can hear... Can you hear the German Shepherd in the background? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's not calmed down. Side note. Um, so you will hear barking through the episode, probably. Yeah, that'll be going on for the next four years. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Um, I think I think we've seen a breakdown in humanity. Um, society as a whole is more violent. Uh, there, there's a detachment that even in our generation has, I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the, it seems that there, society as a whole has just detached themselves from humanity. And where it was a bizarre thing to kill a cop, ambush a cop, you know, now it's just it's I hate it, but it's becoming like a common thing. It's a common practice. And we we have to prepare for for every one of those situations. Yeah, because I know I think leading up to both of these, we're already having the conversation of um because around that time frame, you're looking at like first quarter numbers, you know, and that's that pertains to first response and in like the business world, like looking at first quarter numbers. And we're already we're already above, you know, the normal pace for the year prior or whatever. Yep. Um, for officer deaths, uh, you know, uses of force are up, ODs are up, domestic violence is up uh, you know people running from us that percentage is up if that's tracked where wherever y'all are out there um, and I've kind of been noticing that deterioration for a while I, I think I saw it in college because I was just I was pretty aware back then I wasn't like a completely daft college kid uh, just because of my upbringing and what I knew I wanted to do at the time. Yeah, it's it's just rapidly accelerated. I think from from 2018 <laughs> to now, um, I I think that the acceleration is is it's just fueled by this <laughs> whatever the you want to call it that the political parties are pushing that there's some belief out there that I don't I don't know I don't know where it it became just a commonality to ambush and kill the cops that's fine if that's but and I say I, I don't mean to sound crass when I when I say that but if that's what society wants then they are going to get what they don't want from us because they preached for what 
two years, defund the police, more training, more de-escalation tactics, this, that, and the other. But if you're essentially going to wage war on us, then that's what you'll get. Yeah, because, I mean, with bars, I mean, there wasn't even a opportunity to de-escalate anything. It was officers on scene, dude looks out the top window and just starts shooting. Yeah. Like, hey. I mean, there's no, like, there's no real training for if somebody gets the jump on you. Not at all. There, in 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 both of the situations we're talking about, um, there was nothing that could have been done to to change that outcome. Tactically. Uh, yeah, tactically. Other yeah. than not responding and, and making a phone call, you know. Right. Which even then, I mean, we try to do that more too. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, no matter what you do, there's going to be pushback from whatever option. Um, kind of a simple example for us we run with cruise lights on so for people at cruise lights mix uh mix like uh like mickey mouse mm -hmm. or uh i don't know people call them some different things and it's more of a common common place like up north but for people that don't know what that is it's the two little blue lights on the outside of your light bar or on the very outside of like interior lights if you're off all your lights are like inside which if they are, there's no reason for you to have cruise lights on anyway because you're doing goon shit. <clears throat> so it makes us very visible. Some people want that. Like, and I'm talking about the, the citizenry. Some people want that. Some people don't want that depending on the call for service. And they're like, oh, well, you're not going to be able to sneak up on anybody if you don't have, if you got those damn things on. And I'm just like, yeah, but then I've had people bitch where they don't see us enough because we don't have them on. And I do remember when uh, in Richland County they started doing it. And I don't know what the initial deciding factor was, but if you've got those cruise lights on, you're more visible even though everybody's in a fully marked police car anyway. Um, <clears throat> it, people thought there was literally more police. They're like, oh, there's more cops out there. I feel safer and blah, blah, blah. And, and Richland County, they did it for a little while. And then I think Sheriff Lott probably got on WIS or WLTX or whatever the fuck. And was uh, he's like, no, I haven't hired any more people. It's just y'all are noticing. So it's just kind of like a, like a command presence thing. Right? A very simple, mundane thing like that you will have citizens that are just adamant about like why they're on or why they're off or whatever. Like, so even something that simple and stupid, somebody's going to fucking bitch about it. <laughs> Every time, dude. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. If you call somebody, somebody will want it by phone. Uh, you know, depending on where they're at in the county, you know, if it's a... I know I do a lot of calls like um, like anything that's, uh, what am I thinking? Like credit card fraud type stuff, like yeah. identity theft Take type stuff. Yeah. And especially if it's at a house that's 45 minutes away, there's no reason for me to be up there. There's no reason for me to pay for $5 <laughs> a gallon worth of gas 
to go up there and do a report with no evidence when I can get all the information over the phone. I agree with you. But but then there's people that hate that. They're like, oh, well, I, you know, I pay your salary. I want you at my house no matter what, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, okay. Those are usually close-minded, small-minded people anyway. That don't even understand what percentage of their taxes go to our salary, but that's for another day. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw a twenty-dollar bill at them till they shut up. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not not literally, but some days, you, <laughs> some days you feel like it. Um, or you know, or if they like live on the lake or live in that certain neighborhood or cut the sheriff's hair or whatever. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. No oh, man, what happened to Bar was tragic, and uh, you know, I know that one hit close to you guys. It hit close to all of us uh, with Valkyrie, because what? Not even a month prior to that, two months prior to that, he was in class with us. Yep, and I was there for that one too. Yeah, yeah you were. Um, so it just hit, you know, with especially with that canine course, man. It's very. Uh, I, I can't think of a different way to describe it other than it's it's uh we get to know those students uh in those courses a lot better than some of our other shorter classes yeah Just because we're working with them their dogs it's very hands-on yeah um you know so we we did get to know drew yeah i mean it's pretty um it's very like personal and like intimate almost because yeah. i mean we're i mean you're teaching them how to save their their partner you know, yeah. and and you're running them through scenarios, you know, real life scenarios and stuff, and mm-hmm. and it's very um, takes a lot of humility to to be able to to go through it and understand the mistakes and be able to fix them and things. And that's for you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on our canine course, but you know, I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of the guys that put it together, and and I'm proud to be a part of it. You know, yeah, it's definitely a fun course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that it, it was a, it's a tragedy all around. Uh, I I got the opportunity um, myself and a, one of the handlers from up here at the city got to attend his funeral, and uh, you know it, they did it right. And and Drew was a uh, uh, I I didn't know this you know because he didn't talk about it in class, but he he had been in public service all his life, you mm-hmm. know, fire EMT. Um, police and and hell, he hadn't even made it out of the academy, and he was already involved in a OIS, and he was shot. You know, yep. Um, because I guess uh, some agencies let you do your FTO hours on the weekends when you come home. Yeah. Um. You know, so he was just a very resilient guy, very very um dedicated. He was dedicated to that unit. He was dedicated to that canine unit for sure. Uh, and you know, uh, you remember Sean Sinnott from uh, from the academy. You know, they were they worked the same shift for a long time. I got to see him yep. at at the uh, Steel Hands fundraiser. Yeah, there was a bunch of them that we went to the academy with. Um, that fundraiser was after the funeral, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about, talk about that. It's about a week after. Um, uh, there there was a couple guys that we went to the academy with that. Um, it's cool to see now, you know, Sean's a, an investigator and then uh, the other 
other fellow from down there, Brandon, he um he's a corporal over there now and uh just I don't know, it's just cool to see everybody uh come together that way. The that steel hands really, really um showed an, an incredible amount of support for law enforcement in general, but especially for Casey that, that day. Um and the the public, the community is what the community really shocked me. Uh, there were thousands of people there. I mean, it, it was, I mean, if if I hadn't have been there in the role that I was in, dude, I don't know that that we would have gotten in because of the amount of people that were there. Mm. Um, and it, it was just crazy, man. We had Greenville County Canine uh, Division. I think they brought five or six dogs down, Richland County. Lexington County, Casey's whole unit was there. Um they had uh, Sheriff Lott obviously was there. They had all three SWAT teams. Um, I think it was Lexington, Richland, and maybe it was Greenville SWAT team as well came down. Uh, they all were doing demos all day, doing trivia. Uh, they had live bands. Uh, Cowboy Troy, if anybody remembers him, he was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was signing autographs and stuff, dude. I mean, that was cool, you know. He yeah. was he was out there showing his support, man, and it was just, it was crazy. Uh, they raised, God, they raised a lot of money. Um, I, I say they, I mean, um, everybody there raised a ton of money. I think it ended up being over $148,000. Holy shit. Yeah, for the unit. Um, you know, and then and then uh, I know you remember uh, Kavanaugh from Richland County. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Uh, I think he organized a hero workout for Drew in the Midlands. And I don't know the outcome of that one, um, but I know we did one up here, um, uh, CrossFit Crash, uh, or Crash Fitness is what they call it now. Um, JR, the owner there, JR Howell, he he hosted it. He helped me program the workout. Um, He's, that whole gym's a huge supporter of, fire ems police military uh there's a bunch of uh you know law enforcement and military and ems guys that go there so that was a huge turnout we ran three heats that morning um we raised we put a cash box out i think it was over six hundred dollars cash and then with that's not including the online donations that people were doing they didn't have cash they were going directly to casey's uh public safety fund and, and donate direct. So I don't know. I know we did over $600 in cash and then I don't know what the online um, total was, but um, you know, and, and we sent that in and it was just the out, the, the, the show of support was, was uplifting in that time, you know, cause it was just, I know that it would, it was shocking. Um, it's all, it's always hard when it's, when when any anybody you know any of our our uh, I'm losing my train of thought any of our fellow you know law enforcement officers get killed but when it's somebody that you know you know that it's always hits home different um so it was just it was good to see all that you know and Valkyrie um I was the only one that could go just because of everybody's work schedules and stuff and uh, we got to present Chief Cavanaugh and their canine unit, um, you know, their recertification uh, for their TECC for their dogs. We um, 
we waive from now on. We rate, we waive their fees. Uh, they can research under us for the duration of their dog's career. Um, and then uh, we also named our research because uh, we have to do a, it's a, I think it's, that certification is good for two years, so we do a biannual certification, um, and we named that certification after, we call it the bar. Uh, we named it after Drew. Yeah. Um, a little play on words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little play on words there. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just cool. And then, uh, you know, Drew's, Drew's partner, Molly, um, she ended up at the funeral. She was with her former handler because um, Drew was her second handler. She was with her former handler who had went to work for the Highway Patrol, um, and he handled her for the funeral. And then I believe it was uh, about a month later uh, they got it. They retired. Molly and uh, Drew's mom and sisters actually adopted her, so she's living out her retirement with his family. That's awesome. There's a lot of positive things that came out of a tragic situation, but at the end of the day, it's still a tragedy and it's still senseless. Um, you know, I can't speak enough about how dedicated Drew was. Uh, just spending, you know, those those couple days with him, man. Just the way he, how attentive he was, how much he, because be, I guess being an EMT, he he understood everything. And, and could apply it to a canine just as you would a human. And, uh, you know, he was helping his team out. He was helping the rest of the classmates out, you know, during the scenarios, man. I mean, and you, you were involved with those scenarios. It was pretty stressful. Um, you know, that dude was cool as a cucumber. And, and just, just you know, I, I don't know. I can't, speak, I can't speak enough about him and how, how just resilient that dude is, you know. Well, I think a lot of canine handlers are like that. Like there's, um, you don't really, you don't really see um, like a turnover in people that are canine officers. Like yeah. usually canine guys are career canine guys. Guy. They're yeah. career guys. Um, and just their level of dedication is. Well, you have to be. Yeah. To be, to be successful, you have to be. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that's a 24 hour seven day a week job man yeah on duty and off duty you're you have you have got to train you have got i mean you've obviously got to care for the dog but i mean it's that's a never i mean you know you have you have a juvenile or an adolescent german shepherd living in your house right now and Boy. <laughs> yeah i got to meet him actually at still hands uh he's a wild one yeah uh bobby was there with him yeah um yeah, that they, it's it's a different, it's just a, it's different. Um, it's it's that old saying, you know, uh, perfect your craft. Uh, that's it. That's a craft. That's an art, and and those skills are perishable, and you have to stay on them for you and the dog. You know, it's just like, just like with SRT or SWAT, man. I mean, you got to stay on your your CQB. You got to stay shooting. You got to stay on your your physical agility, you got to, all that stuff. Yeah. Once you start getting in specialized units, I think just the level of dedication just starts. It's just leaps and bounds different um, than somebody just, that just like stays on the road, gets disgruntled, you know, 
whatever, but then doesn't do anything to help themselves either. If it comes to training or education, or you know, no one to put in for the right spots and whatnot to, but yeah. And all that, that, that happened with bar, I was working during all of it, which sucked. Um, That's that's another way you honor them, though, man. Somebody's got to go ten eight handle thing. Yeah, you, you do it for them. All right. So between there, we actually have a. Um, I attend and semi help with a breachers course. Yep. Um. It might have been a week later, and I see that there's a shooting in Spartanburg. Yeah, it was actually seven days to the date. Yeah. Um, right after that course, man. Yeah. So first thing I did is I made sure you were – I don't even remember what I said. But I was yeah. pretty much just sending you a fucking text to see if you'd text me back and see that you're fucking alive. I'll put it simple. Yeah. Um, you text back. You're like, it's just been a rough fucking day. And then I, I let it ride and then just kind of read stuff as it came out. Um, so I'm going to read an article for this one from News 19, also here in South Carolina. Um, so Spartan Spartanburg deputy killed in shooting during domestic violence call, um, which nowadays I'll kind of... I'll break this one up a little bit more than the last one, but um, commonplace now, and I know everybody that listens to this knows this, but we don't go to domestic violence calls alone anymore. Um, sometimes we'll get there first by ourselves, but other people are coming because domestic violence in South Carolina is just so fucked up. Um, if it's just boyfriend, girlfriend, if they're married, like it just, the, and I don't know exactly what it is, but how we hit on the, um, kind of just the deterioration of what do we want to call it? Just the, just people caring about themselves and their community. Like it's been plummeting and it's really, really evident in domestic violence. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Spartanburg County Sheriff's Office said a deputy was shot and killed Tuesday in the line of duty. This was uh, June 21st. <clears throat> the Sheriff's Office said it was responding to a, or let's see, they're responding to, was it Chaffee Drive? Yep. Around 3.20 p.m. for a domestic violence call. This is when Deputy Austin Derrick Aldridge, 25, was shot as he approached the home. Again, another situation where you're approaching the house and you're kind of at the mercy of getting on scene like this. You don't really know where to be looking. Uh, half the time, the information we're given from dispatch is wrong. You know, not that that's on them all the time, but. Um, it's very limited information when you arrive on scene most of the time. 
Um, he was later pronounced dead at the hospital. Sheriff Chuck Wright said Aldridge had been with the sheriff's office for about three years. Um, this is a quote from the sheriff. He was ambushed. He was shot. I trust in Christ in this. I'm confused. I'm hurt. I'm angry. Um, WSPA News says neighbors gave deputies a description of the suspect. Another deputy spotted the suspect vehicle down Anderson Mill Road towards Highway 290 and attempted a traffic stop. The sheriff's office said the suspect acted like he was going to surrender, but then fired at the deputy who returned fire. The suspect continued down Anderson Mill Road until he wrecked near a business just before Highway 290 intersection. He was running into the woods after firing at other deputies, and other deputies were injured during these shootings. Um, he was identified. We're not going to say his name because fuck him. Um, he was shot twice by deputies, but was expected to live. I haven't really heard anything since, and I don't really give a fuck. Um, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division is insist assisting in investigation, which is commonplace here in South Carolina with an officer-involved shootings. Yeah. So the beginning of that is literally just like bars. And that's usually how these um, shootings from domestic violence start. They'll either be just ambushed at the house or it'll be like, I've seen a lot where it'll be like a, just a calm setting, like inside the home or whatever. And literally whoever the shooter ends up being male, female, whatever, um, just kind of ambushes the officer out of nowhere. Yeah, so to elaborate on the call, um, the individual's wife actually went to the sheriff's office to report a domestic incident um, that had occurred earlier. Uh, while deputies were there uh, taking her statement, uh, Austin was actually sent out just to get, it's just on a follow-up, just to get this guy's side of the story. Um he knocked on the door. Uh, nobody came to the door. As he turned to leave, the door opens, and that's when it, uh, the individual shot him. So he, it, it wasn't, I've got a warrant for your arrest. It wasn't an act of domestic disturbance. It was, hey, I'm just coming to get your side of the story. That's it. I need a statement to take both sides of the story to a judge. Yeah, which is literally <laughs> what anybody wants in any interaction with law enforcement is to give their side of the story. Right. And that's all fucking Austin went to go do, and then he shoots him in the back. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty cowardly move uh, at that point. Um, and I'm not going to say anything other than what the sheriff put out. Uh, at that point, he uh, approached Austin, took his keys, uh, took his sidearm, took his taser, attempted to take his patrol car, couldn't figure it out, so he jumped in his own vehicle and uh, was actually sitting on Anderson Mill Road waiting on other deputies. Uh, 
when the first deputy got there, attempted to fill any traffic stop, and like the article said, he jumps out, uh, starts firing. Deputy jump, you know, they exchange gunfire. Deputy jumps back in the car, chases him down Anderson Mill Road a little further, which is a lengthy road. Um, end up wrecking. Uh, they get in another gunfight. He's hit twice. He goes, uh, lays down in the woods about 20 yards, 15, 20 yards away from his vehicle. Uh, K-9 gets there. SWAT gets there. Uh, K-9 goes in tracks, short track, finds him. Um, K-9 is sent to engage because he's laying beside the weapon, uh, uncooperative. K-9 engages, uh, still uncooperative. Recall the dog. Um, he then separated himself from the weapon. Dog goes back in, uh, and they actually apprehend him with the with the canine um, and the SWAT team. SWAT team then showed extreme restraint. I, I will say that those guys, um, those guys, those guys are extreme professionals. Um, I was on the team with them. Uh, when I was at the sheriff's office, they are, uh, they're, they're, they showed extreme restraint. That's what, and that's all I'm going to say. They, they, uh, perform life-saving measures, um, and that's the end of it. Um, I ended up, uh, I was, I was actually out there on perimeter that day. Uh, I was in a training meeting. On my lunch break, actually, from my part-time job uh, where Austin used to work at the gun store. Um, so that's there. there's a couple of different ways I knew him. Um, you know, one was through the gun store. Uh, one, obviously, he took that class with us. Um, he was in that breacher's course, you know, seven days before this happened. And then uh, when I was a canine handler, he where I used to break my dog at was in his his track for the county uh when he had first started and he every time I, I don't know if he just was just riding through but it seemed like almost every time i was out there breaking my dog he would pull up and you know hey man you good you just check on me get out you know he'd throw the ball with the dog a couple times you know just just talking bullshit and whatever um so i'm anyway i'm uh, in a training meeting and uh uh we heard the call go out you know officer down in the county and they gave the address and that's it's not even three miles outside of our jurisdiction so we dumped the whole city i jumped in a truck uh with one of our dea task force agents actually um put on one of his vests because i, I was in shorts and a t-shirt legit <laughs> and uh put on his vest i had my off-duty weapon he um we got out there, we set the perimeter, you know, uh, county advised that their canine and SWAT was, uh, was going to be the apprehension team, which by all means, they were already there anyway, um, most of them. So we set up, provided support, and, uh, and that was it. <laughs> Dogs are going off. Um... Yeah, this one kind of sucked because it was. It just seemed like it was back to back. It was similar situations. 
Um, like I had just met the dude and I remember he, he went, I got to teach kind of a portion of that class uh, when it came to like breach preparation and site preparation and recon and all that. And um, he was probably the funniest motherfucker in the room too. <laughs> he always was, man. <laughs> that dude, yeah. He... Like he was talking, like, <laughs> when I first met him, we were at that really nice firehouse up there where y'all taught that course. And yeah, uh, I think like, him and his partner were in the bathroom and like one of them was taking a shit and one of them was like standing up, you know, to set the urinal and they were just talking shit to each other about something. I like walk in and he like turns around. He's like, it was something very, uh, you know, law enforcement crude. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was. He was like, he was like, Oh fuck. Everybody's going to think we're super weird now. Cause we're just talking about, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then he was, he was pretty engaged like in class too, at least in my portion he was. No, he, he's, uh, he was always like that, man. And, and even in CQB, man, you know how hot it was that day. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in that freaking three-story, four-story burn tower with – it was like 115 degrees in there. Yeah. It, and he literally like, – like one, one portion we were, we were picking apart the stairwell – and uh, you know, there's 15 different ways to skin a cat, and there's there's it's the same way with stairwells. And he wanted to run stairs with his group as many times as he could because he he was just like, there's there's got to be better ways to cover these angles and just just the the how engaged he was in in that course, man, and and how just even when it came to like like weapon handling, like like manipulating his weapon system. Um, you know, he was like, I don't get to run this rifle a lot. You know, I'm going to show me this way, show me that way. I'm going to try this way, you know, and it was just, I don't know that one, he, he's hilarious. Like he would clown himself more than he would anybody else. And then, (laughs) and then just how engaged and just like, it just, you could just see the dedication in him as well. You know, it was, um. It was, it's refreshing almost, especially in that 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 three year, you know, that that younger group. Yeah. To see that in those guys are, you know, you don't get a lot of them anymore that are that that dedicated. So it was just refreshing to see, man. He he was just a he's all around good dude. Yeah. I don't know it. You know we the we went to his service and. You know, it it hits close to home. You know, the the owner of the gun store that I work at, man, he uh you know, they were super close. They were in each other's weddings and so, you know, when I didn't come back to work that day, he was like I had to actually send him once uh once the dude uh we got a dude in custody, I sent him a message, I was like, Hey, I'm not coming back to work. He's like, What's going on? I heard like what's up what's up with all the sirens are you good and i was like i'm good man uh you know we had a, a officer involved and a deputy's down and he was like who is it and i was like when i know for sure uh i'll call you because i like you know i didn't want to tell him and it and me be wrong because at that time i hadn't been to the scene and i was just getting a call sign number i knew what his i knew what austin's call sign was but 
I just wanted it confirmed before I said anything. And, uh, you know, once it was confirmed, you know, I made that phone call and then, uh, you know, just, just, I don't know, you know, from that point, you just try to process everything and try to do as much as you can for the family. Uh, there were, there were some, some pretty, uh, awesome shows, shows of support, you know, out here, the, the public was incredible like they always are. And I don't know, man. What did they do for um, any kind of fundraising for his family? Because I know he was oh man, they're mar- married and yes. already had a kid. And I, I mean, can, it's, I can it, tell it you was that, bad. Yeah, there. Uh, so he was married, and uh, or him and his wife had just found out the Sunday before that, that they were pregnant. Oh. Um, that was their first kid. So. Um, the GoFundMe they set up, I don't even know what it ended at, or if it's, it's probably still going. Um, it, it was way up there, man. And, and I, uh, I, I lost track of that one. I can tell you that, uh, one of the local, uh, bar and grill here, um, in the city there, uh, well, I'll, I'll plug them. It's Delaney's Irish Club. They are, Huge LE supporters, um, always have been, even as far back as when Jason Harris was killed uh, here in the city. I mean, they did all kind of stuff for him, but they do a, uh, a golf tournament every year. Um, a lot of, lot of, you know, wealthy people around the state go to it, and uh, they have decided – all proceeds from that are going to go straight to Austin's family. And then BMW, who is usually partners with them for their that golf tournament, has also said that they would match whatever those proceeds are, and they're going to go to that. They're going to go to Austin's family as well. Holy shit. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's still going on. Uh, they did a hero workout for him, um, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that at his home gym. Uh, Iron House Fitness and a lot of other gyms around uh, the area that a lot of other CrossFit gyms and stuff adopted the workout. You know, everybody did it at the same time mm-hmm. um, across the area, man. You know, that was that was really cool to see all the people come out for that, um, you know, across the area. But like I said, it's it's all still going. It's That's still pretty fresh. You know, it was last month. Um, just uh just crazy it it, it's crazy when it hits home like that but what it really drives home to me and i i don't know if it's because i'm of the mindset the training mindset or just just that it really does hit home like this but we have got to prepare for this man we've got to change how we do things well I think one thing that makes it easier is look at the just outpouring of support that both of those guys got. Yep. 
like if you just pay attention to the news, I mean, we should all fucking die and, you know, we should all be defunded or we're all fucking pigs. And, you know, that might be a, uh, like an inner city thing um, that we really honestly don't really have here in South Carolina. I mean, Columbia's big, Greenville's big, Charleston's big, but I'm talking like big, big. I'm talking Miami, Atlanta, New York, um, where you have such a large, whatever we want to call it, uh, just large liberal anti establishment really um crowd that um i think doesn't exist here or at least very small numbers um in south carolina because i mean we have so much support compared to other places um and i mean you can see i mean you don't have to look far to see on the news where people get you know where they get screwed over or you got a anti cop DA, you know, like they had in Atlanta or um, you got places like Portland that just want to defund everything and just have the idiots run the city like it's fucking Gotham. Um, so I think that kind of helps with um, one, to getting those officers you know, immediate family in those departments, the help they need. Um Which, I mean, of course, that's number one, especially with, um, you know, with Austin because of his personal situation with his wife. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's out of a movie, dude. Like, you find out you're pregnant and then she's got to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, that's almost unthinkable. Um but we have the support here. I mean, little South Carolina, um, you know, I mean, we, we still fucking support police and first responders here. Uh, more than most of the country, I would say, but then that makes it easier going into, you know, our kind of bread and butter when it comes to training. Um, and, you know, adapting for different, different type situations. And is what's crazy. And I hadn't, I don't think I had heard you talk about it until that breachers course when I met Austin was, uh, you putting together, um, you know, a, a basic patrol officer course or officer survival type course. Yeah. Um, so obviously those two back to back events that are really close to us, I mean, that almost lights a fire under you for, I mean, it goes from an idea to, Hey, we need to fucking do this. Yep. Um, and so the County does a survival course. I, I took their phase one of it. It's incredible. Um, when I was with them and I, I want, what I want is a more, uh, tactical, more like a tactical patrol officer school. Just, almost I don't want to say militaristic but based off of counter ambush tactics and small unit tactics um, just things that you can look for and and listen to on the way to a call you know what I mean just 
all the way down to getting the details that you get and noticing the things that are not they don't you you know what i'm talking about you you get a you'll get comments on a call and you're like man that doesn't sound right something's not right with that yeah or even um even if the details are very basic and mundane but depending on um where it is or who are who it uh may or may not involve you're like oh well that's kind of out of character for this person or that's kind of strange for this area um yeah, I mean, there's different kind of indicators with that too. With you know, so I want something that's gonna that's gonna take from that level all the way through maneuvering through a counter ambush and and mitigating, you know, those certain things. Um, just just knowledge, man. Knowledge transfer is is the biggest thing because you saw it in that class, dude. Like, how many of those guys? Like, especially with what, like your side assessments. How many of those guys had actually done that? Had actually said, yeah, I've rode around those schools or those churches and looked at three or four different entry points. And you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's things that they don't think about because they get so inundated in that FTO process, that training process on how to write a good report, how to write a good domestic report, right? what meets what elements, what, you know, they get so sucked into that and they don't think outside of the box and they don't get that, that, that knowledge growth and that transfer because nobody, it's not tall. Yeah, no, it's almost like, um, they're, I kind of compare it to like the, like the nerdy side of law enforcement, just like the, Oh, how's this going to sound in court and blah, blah, blah. Well, motherfucker, I got to survive to get to court first. Yeah, exactly. Half, half the time, like, there's other, um, you know, we always joke around about our ape brain. There's certain ape brain things that need to happen for me to get to the cerebral side of, you know, uh, you know, prosecuting in court and having good reports and, uh, you know, hitting all your bullet points, uh, you know, for, a, you know, for a DV third or a DV second and the elements of those crimes. Um, like I got to survive the incident first. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when you go to, to the points of getting to court, I think a lot of people forget our job is to establish probable cause and make an arrest if possible. That's it. Our job's not to make a, case for the solicitor the solicitor's job is to make a case the investigator's jobs are to follow up and and make that case more airtight beyond a reasonable doubt right yeah our job i know what you're about to say (laughs) i know what you're about to say our number one priority is life safety yeah and once like because even in the academy now it's a scare tactic you don't want to be you don't want to be picked apart on the standby defense attorney if you just say look i had this on scene it met these elements i had this probable cause and i made an arrest from that point what do you want me to do i'm not i'm not gonna try a case in the in the living room of a house it's just not gonna happen yeah and it just sucks because we have 
shitty solicitors. We have uh, shitty members of CID that want us to do more and more and more. They just put more on the road officers all the time, and it's a constant battle. And um, that's not our number. That's not our number one worry when we first get on scene. We have all these other things to do, uh, you know, that can result in somebody trying to take my fucking life. Um, you know, and I don't want to be worried about that when I'm approaching a house or in a hostile situation about if I meet all the elements of whatever crime I think is committed or that was called in. Because, um, I mean, you got plenty of time to write a report on the back end or even get prepared for court. Because, I mean, most of my stuff, I'm like three months out. Oh, man. Domestics? Dude, I'm, I'm over a year out. Yeah, my my domestics that are going to general sessions. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm a year out. Like, right. I'm just now getting subpoenaed to stuff that I signed at the county. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, dude, come on. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, people get so worried about the report and going into court and this and that. And man, I I've always kept it simple. Yeah, I mean, simple. I mean, I've always been able to write just good reports. I mean, that's after, you know, after years of just like in school having to write papers and and, and what I had to do in college and stuff I had to write in the military and just like that craft has been developed already. Hey, it, and, it, goes, it goes back to that common sense, man. Yeah. All you have to do is know what you're looking for. Right. To determine and establish probable cause, right. and and you're you're done. You do not have to go further than that. Right. And a tactic that I use in literally every every report I write now, some some you know main narratives are going to be more important than others, but especially in domestic violence, since that's kind of the the theme behind these two unfortunate incidents. Um, I put everything in that motherfucker. I know, I know all the elements of a domestic to put in there now to where when I get on the stand, I, most of the time I just read straight from my fucking report because everything, everything is in my report. If it's not, you know, the, the saying, like if it's not in the report, it didn't happen. Like I make sure I put everything in there and no matter. And then with the, with the lawyers that I've dealt with here, even if you put everything in that report, they're still going to ask the same fucking questions. Every time. You could have literally had everything in there. Um, Because one thing that I get a lot here is, you know, if they have a prior conviction or if it was perceived by a juvenile. It's an enhancement. Right. And they'll ask you all these questions. It's like, oh, well... uh, how did you establish that they cohabitated or he doesn't live there all the time or he didn't sign the birth certificate for this. Like they'll try to nitpick all the stuff. And I'm just like, and I just answered him. Was he like, no, yes. If that's what I said on body cam, yes, then, you know, whatever. And then you're worried about these fucking lawyers that are going to ask all these stupid 
petty, redundant questions to try to make you look dumb, or if you already have probable cause and whatever the main reason is, like in all mine, it's like, bro, he did it in front of the fucking kids. That's it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whether his kids or not, if they live together, they're now household members. Mm-hmm. They cohabitate in the South, state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there were children present in the home. It doesn't matter if he's on the birth certificate or not. Yeah, and they'll ask you dumb shit like that, or they'll try to go through, um, you know, they'll have like literally like the statute print out, printed out, and and it's so fucking dumb. I'm just like, I can't believe these lawyers get paid money for this. But they'll just go down. It's like, oh well, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. I was like, well, all we have to do is meet three of them. Yeah, you, well, you meet three of them, and like, what are the two most important words in any statute? And, or, or. (laughs) It just says or, bro, so I can pick from all ten of these, and I just need one. I don't need the preceding nine. I just need the one. It doesn't say this and this. It just says, you know, you're, you know, the base to establish third. Hey, there's a fucking kid there. Boom. Straight through jail. (laughs) Like. (sighs) Yeah, but that's, yeah. See. I don't know. I've had those issues. I've had a, I've had literally a solicitor look at me like he didn't know what I was talking about. It was actually on a on a first, uh, DV first enhancement because the defense attorney was trying to say that his prior conviction had already surpassed the ten years when I made the arrest, and it hadn't. His court date had. But the time but, of the incident wasn't. No, the time of the incident was still nine years, I think. Right. So I, I got him DV first. It is what it is, man. That's what the law reads. That's what I have to do. Yeah. So when I quoted that, the solicitor looked it up on his computer, had to show the judge. And this isn't a preliminary hearing. This isn't even in, in general sessions yet. Oh, geez. Yeah. And the I, defense, hate, yeah. I hate drawing out prelims, dude. And the defense attorney is like, well, your honor, I guess we'll rest. And I was like, okay. Uh, no shit. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed now as I've been up for 18 hours. Yeah, you got to work night shift and you got prelims in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> nine. Yeah. Always, always. <laughs> I think they do that shit on purpose. Yeah, they do. That's all besides the point, man. We always rabbit hole. Yeah, we do. Well... Anything else you want to hit on on, on that course, kind of? Because, I mean, we had two really bad things happen that can. Yeah, kind of shape training. So so that's yeah, something yeah, we're working on. Yeah, shape training. Yeah, it's something we're working on. I um, kind of had to take a break. Uh, I didn't take a break. I, I taught active shooter uh, with the city. And then um, in the middle of that, got told I was going to uh, instructor. So. I got sent down to instructor, got my instructor finally. I've uh, been waiting for t- like three years on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, got that out of the way. Uh, came back, and we're hitting the ground running. I got to teach a class in the morning. Uh, Thomas and I are teaching. I think we're teaching Sunday. We're teaching a guard unit water rescue, which is kind of interesting. Huh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have K9TCC coming up in September. 
in North Myrtle Beach. And then the recertification, I think, is the following week in, yeah. in Rifton County. Um, so I'm working my way through. Uh, it takes a little while to put these courses together. And now that we're getting them accredited, um, you know, that takes even longer to get them sent in. They sign uh, yeah. yeah, it's really meticulous. Big news, though. Big news. We just got the email yesterday that Breacher 2, uh, the one for SWAT and SRT teams, where we do the torches, saws, um, ballistics, all that stuff, yep. is it's uh, accredited now. So we're, we're certified Sweet. through the academy, and we will be putting that together and getting that out. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm looking at 2023 to have the uh, – tactical patrol officer school up and running um i want it to be a five-day course we're also putting together a sniper course we got clay carver uh he ran our sniper range at the 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 competition at sawmill he's put us a course together he's got his national i don't know that dude's certified in everything sniper through the army so (laughs) (laughs) so he's put us a course together uh we're gonna um it'll meet ntoa standards and we'll have that accredited as well we got a lot coming down the pipeline, so it's good shit. I'm looking for at least sniper and um, s- sniper and tactical patrol officer for 2023. Hopefully, the beginning of 2023. Um, also, the tactical games are coming to the sawmill in December. Ooh. Uh, me and one of my good friends from the city are going to sign up for that. That'll be fun. Because that's the skirmish. It's just a one-day thing. Yeah. We're going to sign up as a team and do that, I believe. Yeah, I've always told myself I was going to try to do some of those. I just... I don't know. I haven't gotten really around to any of those comps, really. I just always end up helping them. <laughs> They're fun to help I to, with. But yeah, I, I need to have some that I participate in. Yeah, I really want to be in this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, even, you know. Well, and with Sawmill, you, like, know the lay of the land, too. It's not like you're going far away and you yeah. don't know the fucking place. And... It's not like we didn't run that freaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got that one. <laughs> yeah, the obstacle course. Yeah, I blew out those khaki shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the obstacle course. That you mean the the five k into the the O course there? Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and neither one of us are runners either. I know that was <laughs> dumb of us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's just do this over and over again. Hey, so we're gonna do it again next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually gonna be. We're trying to push it for five days. Yeah, we got. Oh meet. boy. Yeah, we're gonna meet. Um, it's gonna be more of a seminar style than than uh competition well, there obviously will be like shooting competitions and physical agility competitions that kind of stuff but we wanted yeah. to be more seminar kind of learning yeah um because we had a lot of knowledge at that last one and it was so short that we didn't get a lot of teaching moments we got you know it was hey get this obstacle done go to the next go to the next go to the next right so we want to um but that's in the works too. We'll be hopefully meeting next month with uh, the guys at the sawmill about that one. So be good. Yeah. Good shit. Well, 
already hit on in one of my other episodes what we got going on. Just normal shit. Just, <laughs> just work, throw up some t-shirts, talk to some cool people, keeping it simple. Life. Yeah. No, we'll be helping y'all with some stuff. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I keep telling... Uh, well, like, Bobby will bring it up one day, and then Thomas will bring it up one day. and um, I don't even know what the hell they'd call it, but, um, you know, something for uh, for Bomb Squad guys, something together, because um, Bobby and Kyle are... Bobby's been in that realm. Kyle is kind of... His career is leading him that way. Uh, you know, to be bomb certified and everything, put something... Hell yeah, I don't know anything about it. I know that if yeah. I see it, that it's not good, and they call those guys. So Yeah, right. So I've been trying to get under their ass to kind of put something together to, to show Thomas. But we'll see. All the courses are coming together slowly but surely. Well, we're, we, so, I mean, just we're... Got our, yeah, we just got our state vendors, too. So now we can do, like, state big contracts. Yep. So whatever you guys want to put together and team up with, man, I mean, we, yeah. you know, we can rock on with it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think we're all, so I got SSI coming up with specific skills here in South Carolina. You've already got that. We've already been kind of teaching stuff our whole career anyway, between, yeah. I mean, fuck, you've already been in first response for, what? Oh, 16 long years. 16 years already. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, and then with what we got and then the military stuff, I mean, it's that's kind of the trajectory. Um, which, I mean, that's what everybody needs is, you know, better quality training and just finding a way to fund it and, you know, doing these, doing these fundraisers and stuff and grant money. And, I don't know. There's just so much shit because you got to think, the the money that's raised uh, from private citizens uh, just on a regular basis, and that's not to include from you know situations like what happened with Andrew and Austin. There's plenty of time and money and dedication and people that fucking care about us to where. We should be able to get the training and equipment we need to minimize this shit. Because we got to combat, like you said, we got to combat it more and more. So we got to be more and more prepared. Yeah, I agree. In whatever capacity that is, making sure we got the right gear, making sure we got the right training. You know, you know, a good balance of both. I mean, just because you got all the Gucci gear doesn't mean shit if you don't train. But very true. And then you can only get so much training out of like shitty equipment. So. But I like it, dude. Anything to leave on? No, nah, man. For you guys listening, it's an LE, fire, EMS, military, man. Keep training. Stay sharp. Keep your head on the swivel. Yeah, because it's not getting easier. Definitely not. Rapidly, rapidly changing. Yeah. That's all I got, bro. Yeah, a lot of it in a bad way, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But to combat that just you know make sure you're following everything ctg following everything valkyrie try to sign up for a class here and there um i mean shit we spit out free knowledge and share free knowledge all the time i mean yeah so say you can only go to 
you know, one $300 class a year. Okay. You can still, there's plenty of other free knowledge out there or conversations you could have with people. Well, we uh, try to, we try to do as much free or sponsored right. um, spots and classes as we can. So if, oh, yeah. if that's an issue, just reach out to us. All of our contact information is all over social media and websites and just reach out to us, man. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we'll do everything we can to help. Yeah, because that's really what we got to do now is just get stuff sponsored because I know we're talking about getting more sponsors for the SWAT comp and that'll open up like, hey, we'll pay for or like what we have sponsorships to cover your entry. We'll have, you know, wanting to have, uh, you know, sponsors for ammunition where you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about bringing ammunition. Um, Little stuff like that to help departments and help everybody get the training they need. Yeah, little stuff like that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to look into stuff like that. Because I remember, um, well, one thing that you and me personally were, were talking about, this is outside of our jobs and outside of our individual companies, but going to the Street Cop Conference yep. um, in April. So you look at all their classes. They're, you know, they're scattered all over the country. They really only offer about one online seminar maybe like a quarter, maybe once a month. And, um, but all those other classes are what, two fifty to three fifty, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, and this is not a money making profession. <laughs> so that's no. really, that's really hard for us to cover something like that. Well, you got to look for stuff and this is just an example. And this is kind of in street cops is definitely the hot shit right now. Um, that conference is six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So, sticker value—that's two courses, two and a half courses, kind of. But that's a five-day conference. That's a five-day conference that offers, like, if you put a sticker value on all of those courses that are there, it's probably double that. Oh yeah, I mean, because you can like, sign easily. up and take as much as you want. Yeah as long as the schedule allows for it. Right. So you got to look for stuff like that. I mean, I think that's a good deal with street cops. And I yeah, know, I really want to go to that. I, I want to take... Gonna, uh, wanna we're going to look into that personally. Um, yeah, I want to take that uh, leadership course, mm-hmm. um, the ivory tower. I mean, all their stuff is... Dude, they're just dropping bombs right now, dude. They just... Yep. They got it. They fucking got it. But that's just one example where you got to look at how you can help yourself and how you can help your guys around you looking for sponsorships. And I know for us locally, um, we had some, we had some people that wanted to help the sheriff's office, you know, get the equipment we needed and this and that. Or we, I've even had people try to like, give me money. Like, like I pushed their card out at Publix or something. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, no, you need to donate to the, uh, the, the sheriff's office foundation or association or whatever we got here. And, um, you know, and then through that foundation, they buy the sheriff's office stuff. They'll buy a dog one year, they'll buy a boat the next year, they'll buy some extra vests one year or whatever. And, um, so that's one way to give to your sheriff's office. Well, we had a lady that wanted to donate, but, and this is like words from her mouth that she didn't trust the foundation to put that money where she wants it to go. 
I was like, okay, that's interesting. And the conversations she were having with were with a lot of other guys from uh, from SRT, which is just Special Response Team. It's our abbreviation for SWAT here. And um, she was like, well, I want to pay for. I guess she asked some things that we needed for SRT, and she wanted to sponsor some. She wanted to buy something for the team. I was like, well, we wanted you know nicer rifles, you know, shorter, lighter. And then kind of the stock rifles that some of the members have, we can make sure that everybody else on patrol that maybe isn't in a special unit can have those, right? They're basic rifles that right. we have, right? <clears throat> she wrote us a, I think she wrote us like two different checks for like five grand. And then we ended up raising almost 10 grand to purchase rifles locally from a local company. Um, who also helped us out because, because I mean, they're just fucking local and they want their They want their sheriff's office to have the best shit. And they just happen to be a gun manufacturer. Right. Um, you got to look for shit like that. Yep. You got to get creative to get the training, the equipment, the money, the fundraising. You got to think outside the box. Um, because if you just leave it up to County council or city council to (laughs) live off that funding, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. They do some good stuff. They also do some dumb shit. Mm -hmm. So you got to find a way to get the training yourself. And I know probably over the next year, I'm going to be kind of paying for my own shit Um, or or finding a way to, you know, minimize the cost. Um, Because I know around here, not everything you get through the academy is the best. You know, that's kind of like the freebie or uh, or if you got to go down to Fletzy, which is a whole fucking process to go to Fletzy to get any free course because they cancel their stuff all the time. Mm. They still have all these Corona requirements and it's just like, are we still playing this game? Uh, so you got to think outside the box for this shit, man. But you got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a necessity now. It's not just something you go do. You know, I think when we first got into this, going to training was like, uh, oh, I get to, I don't have to be on shift for a week. I get to go to this. And now it's yep. something that's going to keep you alive. Yeah. And that's, that should mean something totally different to a lot of people. Yep. Got to go after it and get all the training you can. And that's why I'm going to go to bed now because I'm going to get OC in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, amongst yeah. some other some other things. As for SRT, we're going to do some, uh, you know, the yeah. basic CQB and all that. But like when you gas a house and all that, so yeah, you're getting your exposure. And, well, and you know who's going to be there is uh, Paul. So oh. <laughs> yeah, from Control, shout out there. Yeah, tell uh, him I said what's up. Man. Yeah, he's going to fuck us up. <laughs> if he's if he's there, we're going to get fucked up. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Just tell him yeah. I said what's up. I'll reach out to him. For sure. Hey, uh, enjoy that. Let me know how it goes. Well, my sinuses will be clear, but I'll be miserable. Yeah, make sure you get a good sweat going before you go in there. Oh, dude, you know me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Till next time, brother. All right, brother. All right, y'all.